Hey church, this is Pastor Brett. Thank you for tuning into the Midweek Connection today for Wednesday, May 10th, 2023. Today we're going to be talking about a couple of announcements. Uh, we're also going to continue on our conversation this whole month about Be My Witnesses, our new sermon series for the month of May. And I've also got a spiritual focus for you that connects to last week's sermon. So thank you for tuning in. Let's jump in. We don't have a whole lot of announcements for you this week, but I do want to bring to your attention what you probably already know is that this coming Sunday is Mother's Day. And so um, I hope that you will be intentional with this day for whatever that looks like for you and your family. I know that for many, Mother's Day is a wonderful time of year. It's a wonderful opportunity to bless our moms and for wives to be honored, mothers to be honored, grandmothers to be to be honored. And I know it's often a wonderful time um, to celebrate, to remember, and to enjoy each other. But I also know that there are many who struggle with this holiday, and they struggle even for a variety of reasons, some that I may not be able to fully even articulate to you right now. But I do know that some of you struggle. And so I, I want to say that if you are in the in the category of someone who really struggles with Mother's Day, for whatever reason it might be, I just want to encourage you to look to Christ. I can't give you any specific encouragement for your specific situation because I don't know it. But I do know that Jesus sees you. He sees your situation. He knows every detail of your situation and of your heart and of your experience, of the longings of your heart, the pain that you might feel, the dreams that maybe you had that maybe have been either put away or maybe they've been crushed or maybe you're still waiting. I don't know. But I do know that Jesus desires to be your greatest treasure. And so as you enter into Mother's Day, um, I want to encourage you to look to Christ. For all of us, I pray that we would be sensitive to those around us who may not be celebrating in the same way or they may not be celebrating at all. And let's just be mindful of that. And let's also go into this weekend with joy, but also with some sensitivity and some awareness of other people having different experiences and different realities of Mother's Day. And so let's go into that um, as a church, being mindful and aware of, of everyone around us to the best of our ability. And let's give each other grace um, if, we, if we don't necessarily see everything the way that maybe we should. But this Sunday is Mother's Day, and we thought it would be nice to have a, a small area um, dedicated for a photo opportunity. And so we're going to have a photographer ready to take your photo, moms and kids, if you want to take advantage of that. That's going to be available before the service, from 9.15 to about 9.45. Um, and it's going to be available after the service as well. So stop by, get your photo taken. We'll find a way for that to be um, accessible to you so you can download your photo later. And we'll also have a special little bookmark that's designed by our TMC Kids Ministry that will be available for all, all the ladies as well. And so hopefully that'll be an encouraging moment for you on Sunday morning. And let's seek to encourage one another and to affirm and to be grateful for the mothers in our life and uh, we look forward to sharing in that moment with you this Sunday. Second of all, this Sunday, Pastor Adam is going to continue in our sermon series called Be My Witnesses. Uh, we kicked this off last Sunday where I preached on Acts 1, uh, 6 through 8, and talked about the reality that is, as witnesses for Jesus Christ, we need to be people who are surrendered 
to the leading and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. We need to be people who are focused on the kingdom of God and investing our life in eternal things that actually matter for eternity. And we need to be a people that are engaged in the lives of lost people around us right where we live, work, play, and do business. I hope that that sermon was was encouraging to you. And I also hope it was challenging because I know for me, there's still areas in my life where I need to focus more and I need to be more engaged. And so one of those neighborhoods for me is my neighborhood. And so I hope to continue to press into that this summer. And I hope that you'll join me in engaging this summer as well. But this Sunday, Pastor Adam's going to be bringing a message um, called Praying for the Lost. And he's basically going to continue in this engaged conversation and, and, and answer the question, how do we pray for the lost? What does that look like? How can we practice that? And why is that important? Where do we see that in the book of Acts? Where do we see that in the life of Jesus and his ministry? And so I'm excited to hear from Pastor Adam and what the Lord is going to put on his heart uh, as he prepares this week. And so I just want to encourage you, uh, be praying for Pastor Adam as he prepares to preach. He's preaching this Sunday and the following Sunday as well. And so just be praying for him as he prepares, as he prays, as he writes, as he studies, and as he discerns what the Holy Spirit wants to say to us, a church, um, about this topic of praying for the lost. And so I'm excited to hear from him, and I know you'll be lifting him up in prayer as well. And so those are the announcements for us uh, for right now. And to continue in our conversation this month about Be My Witnesses, um, I want to also encourage you to continue to read the book of Acts. You're going to hear a lot of examples from the book of Acts in Adam's sermon. You've heard some from my sermon last week. And so I just want to encourage you to immerse yourself in the book of Acts for a month, and I think it's going to help you bring to life some of the things we've been talking about. So, as we transition now to our time of spiritual focus, um, we're also going to begin to talk about some other dynamics about being his witnesses. So if you were there on Sunday and you heard the message um, about being surrendered, being focused, and being engaged, I hope and I pray that you are pressing in and really praying about what the Holy Spirit would want for you in terms of next steps. Maybe that's Are you more fully surrendered? Maybe it's about being more fully focused. Maybe it's about being more fully engaged. Maybe it's all three. I don't know. But I do know that we all have a next step. And I want to continue to encourage you and prompt you to press in and to think about what does the Lord want me to do with what I've just heard? And in terms of that as well, I want to continue in that same kind of conversation today. And I want to begin with a quote um, that I read in a book called Captivated by Christ by Richard Chin. And in that, it's basically he's talking about a lot of truths from the book of Colossians, and I've just been reading through that in my own devotional time. And I came across a quote in it that that kind of stopped me in my tracks, and it made me think um, about my own life, even as a pastor, and my own uh, ideas and, and vision for the gospel. And again, it's not about me having a new vision. It's not about me pursuing my vision, but it is about the gospel, and it is about God's heart, and God's heart to see the gospel go to other places beyond me, beyond Des Moines, beyond our country, into the nations. And so anyways, when I read this quote, I just stopped and kind of meditated on it and thought about it for a while. So I don't want to share it with you. And that'll be kind of the introduction to um, the next thing we're going to watch here in just a second. So here's the quote. Never rob God of his glory by having too small a vision for his gospel. Now, I just want you to meditate on that for a moment. As I leave this up on the screen, never rob God of his glory by having too small a vision 
for his gospel. So the question that I, I have when I read this is, do I have any vision at all for his gospel? Do I have any vision that it's going to go anywhere beyond me? Am I engaged in sharing that gospel with others? Am I engaged in seeing my neighborhood potentially know about this good gospel? Or am I living a really, really, really safe, small, tiny vision of the gospel that's changed me and I'm kind of just good and I'm kind of comfortable? And just that idea of robbing God of his glory by having such a tiny vision that I'm not thinking beyond myself. I'm not even thinking beyond my own home. It's just some things to think about. I don't know how that will strike you and what that quote speaks to you as you hear that, but I'll just encourage you to meditate on it. And that's kind of a segue into a video clip that I want to show you today. Because I think a lot of times in our life, it's really easy to grow up in the church, to hear good sermons and to be in good churches our whole life and to kind of just get complacent with the gospel, to get so comfortable with this message that we are just kind of okay sitting with the good news and kind of just enjoying the good news. And that's a good thing. We should enjoy the Lord. The, the, the greatest commandment in Matthew 22 is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Loving God and enjoying God is a very good, very right, very God-honoring thing, and we should. At the same time, the great commandment, the first part is love God. The second part is, and love your neighbor as yourself. And if the greatest thing that I have ever received is salvation through Christ alone, and that has transformed my life and made the biggest difference in my life, then wouldn't you think that the most important thing I'd want to share with a neighbor, a friend, a coworker, would be that same gospel that could change and transform their life? And if that's the case, then what am I doing to be engaged in investing my life for purposes bigger than myself? And so we're going to watch a seven-minute clip from a, another video, or from a video that radically impacted me when I first saw it a number of years ago. And we even talked about this video on our staff meeting this week. And the video is called, You Only Have One Life, Don't Waste It. And it's by John Piper. And it, this is a seven-minute clip of a 38-minute sermon that you can find on YouTube called Boasting Only in Christ. And I'll put the link in the Midweek Connection as well so you can find the full sermon if you want, as well as this shorter version. But I want to show you the seven-minute clip because I hope that it stirs in you what it stirs in me, which is a, a desire to think bigger than myself, a desire to re-evaluate and to constantly assess what am I doing down here with my one life? Am I wasting it or am I investing it? And again, we have to be careful not to swing the pendulum too far to say, well, if I only, you know, if I'm not doing enough, I'm wasting it. It's not about being all or nothing. It's not about being perfect, but it is about just examine yourself, examine your heart, examine your priorities, examine the things that you are investing your life in. And then in light of eternity, do those things matter? And so take a look at this video clip and stay with me to the end because after the video, I want to provide a couple of extra comments um, and some commentary um, to make sure we're not leaving uh, the video confused or um, anything like that. And so stay with me after the video. I've got a couple of comments um, and hopefully a couple of encouraging moments before we wrap up. So here's John Piper in a video called Don't Waste Your Life. You don't have to know a lot of things in order to make a huge difference for the Lord. 
in the world. But you do need to know a few things that are great and be willing to live for them and die for them. People that make a difference in the world are not people who have mastered a lot of things. They are people who have been mastered by a very few things that are very, very great. If you want your life to count, you don't have to have a high IQ and you don't have to have a high EQ. You don't have to be smart, you don't have to have good looks, you don't have to be from a good family or from a good school. You just have to know a few basic, simple, glorious, majestic, obvious, unchanging, eternal things and be gripped by them and be willing to lay down your life for them, which is why anybody in this crowd can make a worldwide difference. Because it isn't you. It's what you're gripped with. But one of the really sad things about this moment right now is that there are hundreds of you in this crowd who do not want your life to make a difference. All you want is to be liked. Maybe finish school, get a good job, find a husband or a wife, a nice house, a nice car, long weekends, good vacations, grow old healthy, have a fun retirement, die easy, no hell. And that's all you want. You don't give a rip whether your life counts on this earth for eternity. That's a tragedy in the making. That is a tragedy in the making. About three weeks ago, we got news at our church that Ruby Eliason and Laura Edwards were killed in Cameroon. Ruby Eliason, over 80, single all her life, a nurse, poured her life out for one thing, to make Jesus Christ known among the sick and the poor in the hardest and most unreached places. Laura Edwards, a medical doctor in the Twin Cities, and then in retirement, partnering up with Ruby, also pushing 80, and going from village to village in Cameroon. And the brakes give way, over a cliff they go, and they're dead, instantly. And I asked my people, is this a tragedy? 
Two women in their 80s, almost. A, a whole life devoted to one idea, Jesus Christ magnified among the poor and the sick in the hardest places. And 20 years after most of their American counterparts had begun to throw their lives away on trivialities in Florida and New Mexico, fly into eternity with a death in a moment. Is this a tragedy, I asked. It is not a tragedy. I'll read you what a tragedy is. I've got a little article here from Reader's Digest. You don't read Reader's Digest, I know that. But there is a generation who does. This is a tragedy. Title of the article, Start Now, Retire Early. February 1998. Bob and Penny took early retirement from their jobs in the Northeast five years ago when he was 59 and she was 51. Now they live in Punta Gorda, Florida, where they cruise on their 30-foot trawler, play softball, and collect shells. That's a tragedy. That's a tragedy. And there are people in this country that are spending billions of dollars to get you to buy it. And I get 40 minutes to plead with you, don't buy it. With all my heart, I plead with you, don't buy that dream. The American dream. A nice house, a nice car, a nice job, a nice family, a nice retirement. Collecting shells. As the last chapter, before you stand before the creator of the universe to give an account with what you did. Here it is, Lord. My shell collection. Look, Lord, my shell collection. And I've got a good swing. And look at my boat. God, look at my boat, God. Well, not for Ruby and not for Laura. Don't waste your life. Don't waste it. Okay, so I don't know about you, um, but that video is always challenging and convicting to me. But here's a couple of things that I want to remind you of um, before we end our time today. Uh, if we're not careful, you might hear some things in that video that John Piper wasn't actually saying. Um, one, he's not saying that it's wrong to retire. He's not saying that it's wrong to even have a lot of money. He's not saying that it's wrong to enjoy some of those things. But in his illustration, he compares two, two women who gave their lives at the end of their lives post-retirement 
to go and to advance the gospel in a very intentional way. And as they lost their lives, that wasn't a tragedy because they were living focused on the kingdom of God. In contrast, he compared it to people who were just rolling, hanging out in their boat, collecting shells, retiring early, living in Florida. And the assumption is that they're not doing anything focused on the kingdom. So to be retired and focused on the kingdom are not mutually exclusive things. There doesn't have to be a dichotomy there. You can definitely be retired and focused on the kingdom. So I just want to make sure you you don't walk away misunderstanding the point. The point was not you can't be retired or you can't have money and be retired. The point is don't live your life focused on yourself collecting shells and getting a a big boat or a bigger house the american dream as he was pleading with these college students in the video not to pursue the american dream is really all about me getting what i want so that i'm happy so that i'm content so that i'm secure so that i feel fulfilled all of that is i i i me 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 his point was to be focused on the eternal things of god and things that are focused on the kingdom focused on the gospel And if that's the case, you will live a life that is invested well. So obviously that doesn't mean you have to move to Cameroon like these ladies did in the video. You can live right here in Des Moines as a retired person with lots of money focused on the kingdom, investing in your church, investing in making disciples, investing in your neighborhood, investing in other organizations and communities in our community and beyond that serve the kingdom. Many of you support great missionaries that we support and others all over the world. That's a phenomenal thing. Keep it up. Thank you for your faithfulness. But in addition to that, what else are you doing to personally be involved in giving your life away for the sake of the kingdom? That's the point of that clip. And so I just want to make sure that you and I leave focused on the right things. If you have been given the ability to make lots of money, Use that money in a way that advances the gospel to the ends of the earth. If God has given you the ability to have technological skills and, 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 and abilities in, in any area, actually, use that for the kingdom of God. If God has given you unique wisdom and, and, and knowledge and ability to teach, use that to disciple others and train them and equip them in sound doctrine and how to live their life for the gospel. Again, I know many of you are doing this, but I just want to remind us, if there's a next step for you, I want to encourage you to lean into that and to take it. Let's be people that live our lives and use everything we've got to pour it out for Jesus. It's the very least that we could do. He's invited us into this story to be a part of his redemptive mission from the beginning of time till he comes again. King Jesus has commanded us to go and make disciples. It's a command to obey it's not an option to consider and so as we think about being surrendered and focused and engaged how can we not waste our lives but instead invest our lives for things that truly make a difference so i hope this has been encouraging to you be praying for pastor adam as he preaches this weekend and let's continue to read the book of acts throughout the month of may and let's see what god is stirring in you and in me and in us as a body as a faith family that that lives in a community of people that desperately needs the hope of the gospel. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you for this time to connect with our faith family. I pray that it would be encouraging for them today as we think about making sure that our lives are aligned with your purposes and just not our own. 
Help us to make sure that we see clearly and to have awareness of when our life is actually out of alignment with your will and with your plan. May we be willing to be adjusted. May we be submissive to your Holy Spirit realigning us. And if anyone needs an alignment checkup today, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would do that work and that we would be submissive to it. Thank you for the many faithful saints that watch this and that are engaged in this body and engaged in giving, engaged in serving, engaged in going, engaged in serving the nations in so many different ways. May we continue to do that. May we continue to be faithful. And Father, for us that may be looking for those opportunities for the first time, give us wisdom to see what you've put right in front of us where we live, work, and play. Help us to be faithful in those moments as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you uh, for being on the Midweek Connection today. I hope to see you on Sunday. Have a great week.